Amen. Let's be a church that continually prays for people in the Mideast and what's going on there, and uh, it's a big deal, and we're, we'll talk more and more about it as it continues, uh, but there's a level of fear that that, that kind of unrest brings, uh, especially if you're in it, and, and fear, say fear. fear, fear is actually the topic for today. Um, I, uh, if, if you grew up around the era like I did in the 80s, there was a movie that came out and it caused a level, a ripple effect of fear, not just in our country, but all around the world. It caused us to fear any body of water, an ocean, a lake, a river, even a swimming pool. Some of you, you already, you're already like, oh, I know, right? Bottom. Jaws! I mean, it wrecked so many of us, like, big time. Like, I didn't even want to take a shower. I knew Jaws could show up. I mean, if Jaws can eat a helicopter, Nikki, he could show up in my shower. So, I just, but fear, this, this unrest. And, and speaking, like, of, of, of showers, this is another one. Not, I don't fear taking showers, but I fear uh, noises in my home when I know that nobody else is there. And for me, I don't know about you, a lot of times they happen while I'm in the shower. I mean, I don't know why. It's like I hear a noise, I'm like, hello? Hello? And then pretty soon I'm like, you know what? If you're here to kill me, it won't be easy. I'll fight naked. I will. It won't be, it will not be pretty, but I will. So I'm like, the fear of like hearing these noises. So on this topic, I have to share something. It's only 17 seconds. It's a quick video, but let me set it up. It's funny. It, if you've never seen fear in the face of somebody, like true fear, like I'm going to die fear, watch this 17-second video, and just particularly the kid sitting in the back seat as this family is taking a little online wildlife safari in their car. Well, I don't want to give it all away. Just check out the screen and watch this. <laughs> laughing. I'm like, she might need a little Jesus. You know what I'm saying? I was like, that kid thought his life was over, that ostriches were going to eat his face. So, but what about you? Let's, let's just get back on topic. What, what are your fears, big or small? Spiders, some of you? Huh? Snakes, some of you? The dark? Teenagers? I mean, what, what do you, what scares you? Here's what I want you to know. Well, first, let me tell you this. I wrote it down. The more that we allow fear to, to impact and come into our lives, the more that you and I are going to struggle to grow spiritually. This might be one of the number one things that will hold you back from living your God-given purpose. I would say, number one, it's, it's, it's up there. It is up there big time. But I came to tell somebody, and you just saw it, that God is bigger than your fear. And in this message, I'm so excited because we're going to learn straight from Jesus, the Son of God, about this. And Jesus is going to talk about two types of fear, which I'll get to in a second. But I've shared before, there's like four categories that you could almost, every fear that you have would probably fall into one of these four categories. And we'll put them up right there. So the fear of loss, like you've lost a loved one, you lost a child, you lost a job, you've lost money in an investment. The fear of loss is big. The fear of failure 
right? Uh, the, 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 the job that you want to go to, but what if it doesn't work out? The business that you want to start, but what if it doesn't make it? The fear of something failing. The fear of rejection. This one's personal, right? The fear that they're not going to want me. They're not going to like me. They're not going to accept me. And then there's the fear. This last one might be the biggest one. The fear of the unknown. I call it the, the what if fear, right? What if? What if this sickness is actually serious that I have, right? What if, what if, I, can, what if I never do find a job? What, what if this or what if that? Here's a big one for me. What, and it may, not, may or not be for you, but what if? What if I'm a guest at someone's house and I have to use the bathroom only to find out they've hidden the plunger? Okay, I'm just saying. What, what if? I mean, I'm crawling out the window and pretending like I was never there is what I'm doing. But what if? Say what if. What if? So four categories, two types. The two types are healthy fear and unhealthy fear. They're both really categorized in Proverbs. Uh, let me give you a snapshot. Unhealthy fear, a lot of the fears we've already talked about this morning. The fear of human opinion disables. The fear of like worried about what other people think or say, that disables you. It goes on to say trusting in God protects you from that. Trusting in God protects you from the fear of what others think about you. That, when you're worried about that, that's an unhealthy fear. On the flip side, here's a healthy fear. Fear of the Lord is a life-giving fountain. It offers escape from the snares of death. So it's so interesting. So you've got an unhealthy fear. We kind of know what those are. They hold us back. And then there's the fear of God, the awe of God, the reverence of God, understanding how good he is, how big he is, how powerful he is, how loving he is. That's the fear of God. So I want to preach to you today about fear in the word of God. It's, it's, I'm preaching out of Matthew. This is in the New Testament. Matthew is one of Jesus' best friends, his disciple. And he wrote down a lot of what Jesus did. Thank God for us. He didn't know he was writing the Bible, per se, or the Holy Spirit was using him, but he was. And Matthew, this is recorded in chapter 10. And if you, if you brought your Bible, which I love when you bring your Bible, that is God's love letter to you. And he's going to speak to you today through that. And you can underline and highlight and just capture this moment. But we're going to preach out of Matthew 10. You can click or flip to chapter 28, or verse 28, excuse me. But I'm going to set up beforehand. I'll start in the 16th verse. And let me paraphrase it. Let me set it up. Jesus has got us 12 disciples and it's go time. He, he's, he's hung out with them for a while. He's taught them. They've laughed together. They've cried together. They've learned together. They've sweated together. They've, they've, they've trained together. And now it's game time. And Jesus is getting ready to send out the 12, his 12 friends, to go, go and spread the good news. This is, this is it. So, so I mean, I, I imagine a pep talk. Like, Jesus is the coach, and this is like before the game, right? And Jesus is like, all right, boys. Listen up. Hey, up, eyes up here, eyes up here. All right, here we go. This is how it's going down. And they're all, the disciples are pumped up. And Jesus says, listen to me. You, you're on my team. And I am sending you out as sheep among wolves. And they're like, yeah, come on, Jesus. We're team sheep. Give, a, give me an S, give me an H. And Jesus is like, all right, settle down, guys, settle down. Just understand something, beware, okay? Team, you're gonna be, you're gonna be handed over to the courts. Yeah, we're going into the courts. We're gonna bring it to them. And you're gonna be, and Jesus says, you're gonna be whipped and beaten. Yeah, we're gonna be beaten and we're gonna be, what now? <laughs> like, what'd you say, Jesus? 
well, yeah, just bear with me. You're going to be whipped and beaten, but, but, but God's going to use it as an opportunity. Ooh, they're leaning in, yeah, to, to, to flip the script. And you're going to share the good news with those people as well. Oh, Jesus, I love it. That's like our secret game plan right there. This is so good, Jesus. We're going to flip the script. We're going to turn the tables. We're going to reach those people that don't like us. Well, how's it going to end, Jesus? And Jesus is like, all right, here's how it's going to go down. Since you're on my team. And they're like, yeah. Since, since, since you're on team Jesus, team sheep, yeah. Everyone, yeah, Jesus. Everywhere, yeah, Jesus. Is going to, yeah, Jesus. Hate you. Okay. And then Peter takes Jesus aside like he likes to do and says, gosh, Jesus, I know that you're good at pretty much everything you do, but uh, pep talk might not be your thing. Like, uh, I know you're trying to get us excited, but, but we're, I mean, we're, you're kind of freaking us out with the things you're saying. And I'll guarantee you something. They were freaked out. They were in fear because of what Jesus was saying. Because of what Jesus says next, it'll prove that they were in fear. In verse 28, after their little uh, pep talk, Jesus says, don't be afraid, because they were. Don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They can't touch your soul. Hmm. Fear only God, there it is, the healthy fear, who can destroy both body and soul in hell. What is the price of two sparrows, team? One copper coin, one little coin? But not a single sparrow falls to the ground without the Father knowing it. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So, I'll say it again. Don't be afraid. You're more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. Here Jesus is offering us some, some, some incredible wisdom and guidance when it comes to fear and uncertainty, which is, which is abound right now in our world. Remember how he started? Remember what he said? Don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They can't touch your soul. Fear only God who can destroy both body and soul in hell. Jesus right away wants us to know, listen, listen, listen. You're in a temporal world in a temporal body. I get it's a big deal, and it matters to me, and it should matter to you. But at the end of the day, your, your, your physical self, your physical being, it, it's... it's it's not near as big as your spiritual being. That is forever, that is eternity. So don't, don't get too worked up over all that's happening. You can care about it, you can pray about it. You can take steps to alleviate and help it. But at the end of the day, it, it pales in comparison. The red dot on the rope, do we have to bring it up? That's your life. That's the past. And that's the eternity right here. And eternity it doesn't end. So Jesus is trying to help them and us understand, listen, the things of the world, honestly, are kind of insignificant compared to the things of God. So he's, he's giving them a perspective. And then when he starts talking about the sparrows, the, the birds, I mean, Jesus, in a sense, starts with saying, don't be afraid. And then he says, instead, fear God. Jesus is saying, fight fear with fear. Fight your unhealthy fear with healthy fear. We'll say it a different way. The fear of God cancels the fears of the world. See, when you live this way under the fear of God and perspective of eternity versus what's the temporal world, which is where you're living right now, it will drastically change how you live today. See, see most people will not live this way. But Meadows, you're not most people. 
Most people will live in the temporal, like this is it. Like this life is all I got. This life is not all you got. Life to come is all you got. But this life is preparation for that life. And Jesus wants it. And then he puts it in perspective. He says, what's the price of two sparrows, a copper coin? Not a single sparrow falls to the ground without you knowing it. And the very hairs on your head are numbered. So don't be afraid. You're more valuable to God than a whole flock. Sparrows back in this day were the cheapest. I mean, they were, the, they were like the low bird on the totem pole. They were the cheapest and most common bird in the bird world. Like sparrows were to the bird world like what Nickelback is to like the music industry. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry. Why does Nickelback got to take such a beating? I don't know, but it's fun. So um, the, the birds, they, they didn't matter to anybody, but they matter to God. God is like showing attention to the sparrows. How does, like if one of those sparrows falls to the ground, it matters to God. God is showing us the attention that he has for us. If I care for a sparrow like that, how much do I care for you? And then the whole hairs on your head thing, and maybe you've heard this before, God knows the number of hairs on your head. And, and for some of us, the math is easier for God than others, right? We, let's not get into that, but I, uh, I, gotta, do, I gotta share this though. My, my first boss was, was completely like bald up top. And I worked for him for three summers in Salem, South Dakota. And I didn't have the heart to tell him this, but I'm gonna tell you because you might be this person or you might know this person and we're the church, we're here to help. Okay, there's deception out there. You know what his deception was? Here was his deception. These four strands of hair that I take from here to here are somehow tricking the entire world to believing that I have a whole head of hair. I'm like, this, you've covered 0.3% of your head. I'm like, you're not tricky. I, I didn't have the heart to tell him. I just was like, oh, your hair is so beautiful. You know, it's like, dude, that's not, oh, anyway, so... I'm just here to help. So, uh, but, but, oh, here's what, God's word says it multiple times. God knows the number of hairs on your head. But you know what? That's not what it said, Kyle. It said that God, check this out. The hairs on your head are numbered. Okay, that's different. That's a whole nother level of care and attention and detail. Not only does God know the number of hairs on your head, but everyone has a specific individual identity and number. That's crazy. Like tonight, Jody, when I'm in the mirror and I'm like, oh my gosh, I've lost number 1704. That, that, he was my favorite. You know, this, it could happen. We, I hope not. But so, like they're numbered. That got me. I've never seen that before. They're numbered. So why would Jesus bring up the whole sparrow thing? He wants you to understand something about fearing God. The level you fear God will be the level that you understand your value in God. That, will, that determines it. Like, your, your belief of your value and your worth is huge to what you're going to fear in the world. If you don't see it, you're going to live in fear. And I'll, I'll just say it. If you find yourself living in fear a lot right now, and if that's you, man, I'm, that's why you're here. God's good. Praise God you're here. But if you're riddled with what ifs, if you're riddled with what am I going to lose, what are they going to think, what are they going to say, what are they going to post, if those thoughts are constantly milling around in your mind, it's either one of two things. Either you don't understand your value in the eyes of God, or, or you don't believe it. It's one or the other, I promise you. Like, but when you, your value 
Your value is not based on what other people say about you. Okay? Your value is based on what God says about you. And he says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. More, more valuable than any of all creation. That's what he says about you. That's who you are. Whether you believe it or not. But the more you believe it, the, the less you'll fear the world and the more you're going to fear God. So key that we catch this. So big that we catch this. The fear of God cancels the fears of the world. I'm not saying that it makes the bad things of the world go away. It doesn't do that. But it'll change your perspective about them. It'll change your perspective about you. And by the, by the way, we worry too much about what other people think anyway, don't we? I, I was meeting with some future pastors last week. And I told them, as you, as you become a preacher and a pastor, you'll be tempted to really hinge on what people say about the message or about you or whatever, you're going to be tempted. It, it, you're, you're going to want to hear the compliments and all this stuff. And, and I told them, if you live for the compliments of others, you'll die when they criticize you. And they will criticize you. And they'll criticize you. And you know that. I mean, we get criticized. Can we, can we talk about an Easter helicopter egg drop for a second? Huh? Can we? Some of you are like, what? You, maybe you weren't with us on Easter. But yeah, we, there was some criticism. We did a helicopter egg drop. <laughs> what is that? Google it. Don't, actually, don't Google it. Don't Google it. Don't Google it. But it, we, uh, we had, we planned for hundreds, and God sent thousands. And when thousands of people show up when you plan for hundreds, it get a little crazy. Like, we, 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 <laughs> we uh, some, some kids walked away with no eggs. Some kids almost walked away with no parents. I'm like, we lost how many kids? But we found them, and they're all good now, so don't worry about it. But it was, it was chaotic and crazy. And my team came up to me, like, right during it or right after. They're like, Monty, don't go on Facebook. I'm like, why? Don't read the comments. I'm like, oh, when you tell me not to read the comments, it makes me want to read the comments. You know that, right? So, so but I actually was obedient to, to my leaders and, and elders, you could say, of the church. And, and I didn't read hardly any of the comments. I say hardly any because I did read some. But, uh, but it was, the, 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 the minority is always the loudest. Never forget that, right? The smallest group is always the loudest voice. And I'm not, I'm not even blaming them because... Uh, many people drove, I can't believe people drove hours for an egg hunt, but they do. So, um, and it was crazy. But here's what I told the team. This event was a huge success. Like, like understand the scheme of things. If you just read the comments and leave it at that, you think, oh my gosh, the church is done. It's over. People are mad. They went and they, 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 this happened and that happened and all this stuff. At the end of the day, God sent thousands of people. God, he, God got thousands of people around other people that love the Lord and love them. Got them into a church-type environment where they could experience love, even in the chaos, because it was chaotic when Jesus lived too. It was crazy when Jesus lived too. I'm like, we're not going. This is a win. Like, listen to me. If you never want people to criticize you, they criticize Jesus. If you never want people to criticize you, never dream big. It, that's a guarantee. Right? N never, never try anything audacious. J just blend in and embrace mediocrity. But I'm telling you what, that is not who we are as a church. We would rather do something significant for the kingdom of God and get criticized about it rather than do nothing at all. Why? Because people matter to God. Thousands 
I mean, I'm praying about Thanksgiving. We're thinking, just bear with me. Think about it. A, a turkey parachute drop. Just think about it. I mean, let's pray about that. I mean, turkeys can't fly, but if they have little parachutes. Anyway, so, anyway, <laughs> it's, it's coming. So, I, uh, don't freak out when you get criticized. If there's a nugget of truth in it, take it and learn from the nugget. But what people say about you is not what you need to hinge your life on or base your value on. And so many people do. My gosh, looking at, we're worried about people writing about stuff on social media. That you don't even, they don't even know you. They never met you. I mean, it's crazy. So I have a question, and maybe you have this question. Pastor, how do I know? You're talking about the fear of God versus the fear of the world. Fear of the world, that's bad. It takes me backwards. Fear of God cancels the fear of the world. How do I know if I'm fearing God? How do I know how much I'm fearing God? What my levels are or if I'm not? Here's how you know. Proverbs, if we go back to Proverbs, it says, do I even have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Proverbs 9.10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Wisdom. So the more that you're fearing the Lord, the more wise you will become in the ways of the Lord. The more wise you become in the ways of the Lord, the more you will actually seek the Lord because it's God's wisdom. The more that you seek the Lord, the more you'll lean into his will and what he wants and the more that you're going to obey the Lord. Okay, so I'll make all that because that's kind of long. I'll make it easier. The more you fear God, the more you'll obey God. The more that you're fearing God, the more that you're going to be seeking God and doing the will of God. Abraham is the perfect example. I'm not going to get into the story too much because we don't have you know, too much time. I'm, I promise I'd have you out of here in three hours. And by darn it, I'm going to do it. So, um, what? so Abraham, the father of faith, some of you know the story. It's almost outlandish because God promised Abraham a son and that was what, all that Abraham wanted. I want a son, I want a son, I want a son. And then God promised it to him and he still had to wait like a quarter century before it to go down. Talk about patience. And he finally gets the son, Isaac. And when Isaac is about a dozen years old, God says, well, I'm, I want you to take him up on a mountain and sacrifice him. This doesn't sound like, God. if God's loving God, that don't sound loving. I mean, that's, there's got to be more that's happening here. And there was more that was happening there. See, God was testing Abraham, just like he'll test us. Thank God he doesn't test like that, that I've seen, other than Abraham. Abraham takes Isaac up a hill and puts him on an altar. And Abraham's going to do it. And the Lord knew it. And because the Lord knew it, and he already saw the heart of Abraham and what he was going to do, he had an angel stop him. And the angel says in Genesis twenty two twelve, don't lay a hand on the boy, Abraham. Don't hurt him in any way. Now I know that you truly what? Hmm. Because of your obedience, crazy obedience, to the very thing, to the only thing that you beg for. And you will sacrifice him. Oh, I can see it, Abraham. You fear the Lord. You love the Lord. You're in awe of the Lord. In that moment in the scripture, let's just finish it. You have not withheld even your son, your only son. All you ever begged about and prayed about in those moments, you were given. 
What does this show you about Abraham? And what does God want us to teach about you and I? Abraham's value didn't rest in what he was given from God. It didn't rest in his son. It didn't rest in his, his, his family. It didn't rest in his fortune. Abraham's faith isn't in what he was given. It was in who had him. That's what his faith rested in. Not what he had. Not the things, not the people in his life, but who had him. By the way, never place your identity or your value in something that can be taken away from you. Because as soon as it's taken away from you, you've just lost the value, your value. It's huge. Fear God. Ah, Abraham, I don't even get it. Can't even comprehend. So let me get vulnerable with you, okay, as we close today. Remember, Remember this. Fear of God will help cancel the fears of the world. How do I fear God? Lean into his will. Do what he asks. Take that next step. The step that you've been thinking about, praying about, knowing that you should take, and you've known it for years, take it. So, some of you have followed this crazy journey for 11 months with uh, my, my hearing loss. If you, and if you don't know, and I bring it up because I have surgery tomorrow, so I'm praising God for that, and I thank you for your prayers. Give God some praise, man. I'm getting it back, baby. I'm getting it back. But, but, but here's what I I'd rather be a pastor that's real with you than pretend like I got it all together. I've had fear in the past 11 months. More than I care to share, but I'll share because I think it'll give you hope in your fear. 11 months ago, I had perfect hearing, and my hearing went like that, all gone in my right ear in a second. Remember the four categories? Loss, rejection, the unknown. Remember those? I experienced every one of them over 11 months. Not in a good way. Not in, I fear the Lord. No, I fear the world. I, I don't have any faith in this area, this area, this area. When the doctor came in, I, like at first I thought, it's going to come back. They'll give me a pill or they'll give me a shot or they'll clean it out, whatever. It, my hearing ain't gone, gone. And then the doctor, I'll never forget it. He comes in and I could tell you, he didn't have to say nothing. I'm like, my hearing's not coming back, is it? He said, probably, <laughs> probably not. I'm like, and it just hit me, fear of loss. And I thought, I've lo- I'm like, I, it's gone. Like, I'm not, I'm, I, I, it's the last thing I ever dreamed. And I experienced not a good fear, but a worldly fear of loss. And then fear of failure. Do you know what that was? You. That because, I, because of this jacked up mess, I can't, val- I can't value you and lead you the way that I want. Because I don't know how many of you, probably almost every one of you, can, can you repeat your name? Can you repeat your kid's name? I mean, I say what more than any other word every day. Hundred, not, maybe not hundreds, but a lot. What's that? Can you repeat that? It's just, it, it makes me feel, and I know, I know that most people get it, but if they don't know, it can seem like I don't value, and that I don't love, and that I really don't care. And then I'll beat myself up over that fear of, fear of um, failure. Preaching is the worst. Did you know that? Because even though you'll say stuff to me and I'll hear some stuff, I can't hear up here. Like I can hear the music, but I can't hear you. And so many times every Sunday when we go on a journey together through the word of God, the beautiful, life-giving, life-breathing word of God, we go on a journey together and I can hear you and you can hear me and it's just beautiful. But I haven't had that. So then I've had to rely on like body language and looking at you and no judgment. But sometimes... Some of you look like you want to kill me. Okay, I'm just saying. 
I just say to myself, maybe they're just mad at their spouse. I, that's what I hope. So, <laughs> but, but others, you're great. I can see that you're leaning in and you're writing or you're attentive and your eyes are all popped open. And I think, man, they're, they're leaning in and listening. Or they just drank four cups of coffee before they came in. One or the other. I assume the best. Fear of the unknown. Do you know when the doctor said, Monty, your hearing is gone? Do you know my first thought? This is, this is, this is just, I'm just being honest. Hope it's okay. Pastor is far from perfect. I thought, what if my other ear goes out? I mean, if it happened, maybe there's something wrong in me. Well, we know there's something wrong in me. But I mean, what if, what if, I mean, if it happened here, it could happen here. And I start to freak out. And then, and then the surgery and, you know, what if that doesn't go right? And what if it doesn't, it's different for everybody. And it, the, the results are different for everybody. And what if I'm one of the, the bad cases that it doesn't it just, everything just is terrible. It doesn't sound good. Fear of rejection. This is so vain and petty. But again, I could lie to you or I could tell you the truth. I, I prefer to be honest and just trust God. What if people look at me differently? I know most of you won't if you know me probably, but I, I'll be wearing this thing outside of church and inside of church when I get it. Something behind my ear and something attached to my head. Cyborg pastor. I kind of like that. Robo Monty. Huh? I like that. So, but what if, what if people are like, I mean, immediately that just kind of turns them off in a way. Or I, I, I know it's vain. I know it's stupid. I'm just being honest. You can start to think that you're not enough. It's so dumb. Some of you might be thinking that tonight or today. That you're not enough in an area of your life as a mom or a dad. As a husband or a wife, that's a whole nother message. As a worker or a boss, you think that you don't have what it takes. And I'm, this might shock you, but I'm going to tell you something. You don't. And neither do I. And you're not enough. And neither am I. But praise God that he is more than enough. And today we're going to allow the fear of God to cancel the fears in our crazy mind. Amen? That's what we're going to do. That's what you're going to do. That's what I'm going to do. God is on the throne today like he's always been. Trust him. Don't be afraid of those who can kill your body. They can't touch your soul. Don't miss this next statement. This is by Jesus Christ, the Son of God. People will say, well, hell, hell's not real. Jesus talks about it all the time. All the time. Here's one example. Fear only God who can destroy both soul and body. Where? God don't want to do that. That's why he gives us a choice. We can't do it. We're not enough. Christ is. Jesus Christ is enough. I love the word of God. I love the gospel because it takes the pressure off you. That you don't have to do anything. You just have to receive something. By grace we are saved through the faith of God. Our faith saves us. The gospel changes your identity. And it will help you think less about the world, and more about God. You'll think less about the little red life that you're living right now. It matters. It's a big deal. I get it. It seems like everything. And the younger you are, the, the more you think this is everything. 
Well, God wants you to know there's way more. Way more. It don't seem real because we're in our human bodies and our, our fleshly selves and our physical world. But heaven and hell will be as physical as this world is, I promise you. And your body will be physical bodies in heaven and hell. And the way to heaven, the way to new life is through the Son, Jesus Christ. It's what the, it's what the cross and the tomb are all about. You can't do it. You don't have what it takes. God did it through Jesus. When he sent Christ on the cross and he died to cover our mess, our sin, only three days later to prove it to us. Because a lot of people died on a cross. One man brought himself back to life. And when you sell out to the resurrection of Jesus, look up here. When you sell out to the resurrection of Jesus, and you believe by faith that Jesus Christ did that, he brought himself back to life, and you surrender yourself, you say, I want that. God, forgive me of my sin. I want, your, I want your Holy Spirit. It will change your identity. And if you don't believe it, just go watch last week's message if you missed it, or if you watched it and already forgot it. Peter, transformed by the gospel, a quivering disciple. Little girls are quizzing him about who he is, and he's lying. A couple months later, he was arrested for preaching Jesus. And you know what they said? You shut up about Jesus, we'll kill you. You know what Peter said? I don't care. I don't give a rip what you do. I'm not shutting up. What changed in two months? I'm not shutting up. Note to self, threatening a man who's lost his fear of death is a waste of time. It didn't matter. It won't matter. It this isn't my home. This isn't your home. Surrender your life to Christ. It will you, do you know what it does? You literally go from an orphan. That's what you are if you don't know Christ. You're not in the family of God. You're not a child of God. He loves you like everybody, but you're not in his family. But when you call on the name of Jesus Christ and ask him to set you free and save you from yourself, you go from an orphan to a child of God. You actually, check this out, you go from wrecked, and some of you are there right now, to redeemed. You go from broken, ooh, God, I've been broken, have you? You go from broken to made new. You go from empty to filled up with the Holy Spirit. You go from captive to set free. You go from sinner to saint. You go from lost to found. And you go from death to life. I'm telling you, Jesus Christ wants to set somebody free today. So what, what I want to do is pray for you. I'm going to ask you a few questions that we're going to pray about in a second. We're going to worship giving praise to Jira, the God who will provide when you don't think he will. I'm going to ask a question. By the way, if you want to call in the name of Jesus, let us know. That same number, I'll memorize it someday, 402-628-7166 that Rachel and Destry talked about. You can text the word Jesus there if you're watching online or in the room. You can check the box on your, on your card that's in front of you. And doing those things don't save you, by the way. It's your surrender in the moment and calling on the name of Jesus saves you. Those things just tell us about your decision so we can celebrate and walk with you.
You can pray a salvation prayer and still be going to hell. Here's what I believe that God wants you to think about before we worship in song and pray. In what areas of your life are you not fearing God and leaning into his will and obeying him? Maybe you're living with a boyfriend or girlfriend. It's normal in the world. I did it. Maybe you're not trusting God to provide financially. Well, we got to share the rent. Well, if I don't live with him or her, then eventually they're going to leave me and they're going to find somebody else. You're living in fear. And I ain't judging. I'm with you. But God has a plan. Maybe this is the time that you're going to confess something. Oh, church. Because you're fearing judgment. Well, this is a judgment-free zone, just like Planet Fitness. We got something in common. This is a judgment-free zone. Well, they're going to find me out. You know, you know what I wrote down? This is so good. Many times the moment you're found out is the moment that you truly find God. Yeah. What happened to me? Confess something today. Maybe you're dating somebody. You know they're not the one for you, but you'd rather be with somebody than be alone. Well, in Christ, you don't ever have to be alone again. And he'll love you more than any guy or girl can ever love you. So, yeah, so know that and believe that. And don't live in fear like you're not enough. You are more than enough in Christ. We are more than conquerors in Christ. Fear, you're going to pray about a fear that's taking you away from whatever next step it is. Maybe you're afraid from connecting with God and then drifting away from God. I would say you press into the fear of God. You will, you will at times be back and forth. But as long as you're taking steps forward, even baby steps, you're still moving towards him. So I don't know what it is for you, but here's what I do know. We have a God who loves us, a, a, a son of God who died for us and rose for us. And he wants to do something supernatural in your life now. Not tomorrow, not tonight, now. We don't go to church just to check it off the list. We go to church because I want change. I want to be made new in places that are not new. Alive in places that are dead, and I believe you do too. So let's worship in song together, and then we're going to pray, and let's watch what God does. Father, let me just pray as I walk off and we get ready to rock. God, we love you. God, we thank you. You are good, and you are God. I'm praying that you will have your way today. That as we sing about Jehovah Jireh, the one who provides, we're not just singing words, but we're owning it in the depths of who we are and in our soul. Move in this place today, Holy Spirit. Shake us to our core and help us have the courage to step through our fear and into the fear of God and believe that where you guide, you provide. In Jesus' name, I pray and the church says, amen. Hey, I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. But don't stop there. Like or subscribe to this channel so you don't miss a single video, update, or message. And not only that, share this message with a friend or somebody that you know. So many people out there need hope and encouragement, and you have the ability to bring that to them. Finally, if you're in the Omaha area, we would love to have you join us. We would love to meet you. God bless you.